Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. Well, we have a Brett Yormark sighting, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't know who Brett Yormark is, he is the new commissioner of the Big 12, took over from Bob Bowlesby. Um, and I honestly, I love that he is kind of brash, right? Kind of unapologetic about the direction he's taking the Big 12. And I also love that he doesn't mind stepping on some toes on the way through. So, so to me, that's insanely exciting. And yes, you should be pumped up as an Oklahoma State fan because we are now the crown bearers of not only this current Big 12 right now, right? But we're definitely the, the, the crown bearers moving forward into the new Big 12. So everything that Brett Yormark does does in fact have a direct reflection on Oklahoma State University. Because if we want to be the crown bearer as we are now, as it looks like we're going to be rolling in, then we need to have all of our ducks in a row. And what your mark is saying is reflective of, I think, our attitude as fans, our attitude as a university, and our attitude as a whole as being part of the Big 12. But right now... I want to talk about some of the game within the game stuff. You've probably heard this analogy before, the game within the game. Um, to the casual fan, that doesn't really mean a whole lot, right? Which is the beauty of football. If you're a casual fan that just likes the craziness, the camaraderie, the, the excitement, the pageantry, then, you know, it, it's still, it's a fun product, right? Or if you're on the other side of spectrum and you're one of those people that watches the game from more of an analytical perspective or a technique perspective right is this offensive lineman moving this direction when this guard's pulling and yada 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 opening his hips this way as opposed to that way and you know when you have a stack wide receiver alignment is that due to play calling or is it due to you know preventing press coverage on the other side there's just the game within the game stuff it's it's fun to watch if you're that style. And if you're not that style, well, it doesn't matter because the game in and of itself is fun enough to keep you engaged, right? That's that's the whole point. Football covers all areas. But when we talk about the game within the game, uh, a lot of us most likely probably think of like the Bill Snyder-esque teams. And if you don't know a lot about K-State, um, you know, there's, They've had some years of success. They've had some years of, of being down, much like a lot of places. Their overall record, though, it's not it's not the greatest in the world, um, but it's something obviously they're working on, right? Being five thirty five to five twenty three is your win loss record. Yeah, man, that's got to be kind of rough. But so why did Bill Snyder have so much success? With a team that had 60 years of being terrible. Not only that, they were the first team in the history of football to reach 500 losses. So how did Bill Snyder do that? Well, it's because of the small things and becoming dominant at the game within the game. How this is a, a perfect uh, correlation at the very moment is Brent Presley had an interview the other day, right? And he was talking about receiving punts and this and that and the other. If you've never received a punt, just go outside and experiment with how the ball travels in the wind and how hard or easy it is to catch when it comes down. It's not 
fun. It's not easy. I absolutely hated punt return. I didn't mind kickoff return as much, but punt return, you have a limited window of time while you have people coming 100 miles an hour that want to smash your face in, and you know that any, any opportunity they have to basically launch uh, on a standing target, they're going to do so, and it's usually going to equal a bad day for you. So you have all this stuff you, you have to think about. You have to think about the wind direction. You have to think if, if the ball has a spin on it. What kind of spin does it have on it? Is it trailing this way? Is it trailing that way? I know I've got two or three people breathing down my throat, but I can't look my eyes down the field because i got to keep my eye on the ball. To be able to process all of that and then make the catch, even if it's a fair catch, that takes a lot of work. That's Punt return is something that, I don't know, I think the casual fan doesn't really take into consideration that it's insanely difficult. So let's peel back the layer. If you're good enough to not only you know diagnose all of that very quickly, but then also have the wherewithal or frame of mind to know that this guy is approaching so fast, he's going to eat up my halo room. There used to be a two or three yard like halo where you had to give the, the, the receiver the opportunity to catch the ball. That window has deteriorated over time. It's almost evaporated. So you can darn near be, you know, within a ball's length away from somebody's face mask. And instead of complaining about it, just like the injuries thing that we'll get to, we don't. Well, there's no complaint. There's an adjustment. And the adjustment is, if you're Brandon Presley, is take a couple steps backwards. Well, if you do that, then you're putting yourself out of position to catch the ball. Like, you physically cannot catch the ball if you screw back a couple feet. So why, why, why would you do that? Well, it, it typically it is going to give that defender the, the desire to take that couple steps with you. And now, neither of you can catch the ball because it's bouncing off the side of his helmet. We did that a couple games ago. And it's just so amazing to think, like, never in my life was that something that I ever thought of. But that's something that we teach, right? And if we teach it from that perspective as punt return, just take a couple steps this way, and it's going to equal something beneficial, cause and effect, right? You're seeing that all over the field. And especially with the D-line, like the adjustments to Texas. It wasn't massive, right? We didn't need to completely shift everything we were doing. We just needed to change going two extra inches this way or a foot and a half this way. And the fact that we do all that live in games while also uh, being tied with Navy for the fewest penalties in all of college football, that is something that Bill Snyder would be not only proud of, he'd tip his cap, maybe even come drink a beer over. Because the game within the game for us right now is huge. The game within the game for us right now is at such an advanced level that I don't, I don't see it going anywhere. And I definitely don't see other teams paying attention to all of that kind of stuff. Um, on a continuous basis, as we do. So, yeah, guys, that we embody a little bit more of the Snyder stuff than even K-State does at the moment. Um, you know, speaking of that, that exact thing, guys, so on the punt return side of things, it's going to be interesting to see because uh, K-State averages almost 30 yards a, a return when it comes to punt. That's insanely impressive. 
Um, they also, you know, lead the the Big Twelve in a multitude of, of categories, both from a, a rushing perspective and a yards per carry perspective. Um, so, you know, the, the, again, the counterbalancing act is, is fun, but we lead the country in, in or Big Twelve in kicking points, right? Spencer Sanders leads the Big Twelve in overall points. Tanner Brown leads the Big 12 in kicker points at, uh, at 70, 77, 79 range. We're fifth in America on kick returns. You know, we're averaging almost 30 as well. So, guys, again, the counterbalancing act of this game is going to be fun. Um, you know, some of the injury injury bug is, isn't very fun. It actually, it stinks. Um... You know, I, I like to give the the Sweat Block Stinky Award to somebody, and today it's going to go to George Klyovkov. But we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about it right here because when you are under a lot of pressure, right? I think it's natural for your body to react in crazy ways, and that's why you have you know people like Klyovkov that that just have the the mouth mouth poop. Right, the, the Ron Burgundy mouth poop. He's going to eat his cat poop a, a little bit later on. But this sweat block, it prevents the super stinky from you coming out. Right? Or, as we've already discussed, be kind, be giving. That's how O-State fans are. That's how we are in general in, in the Big 12 for the most part. And uh, let's, let's hook the loved ones up with a little bit of a 20% discount. Sweat block. Don't be the stinky one. Don't let your friends be the stinky one. If you know people like George Klyovkov that have a propensity to just spew uh, the mouth poop um, and it stinks up the joint, they need some sweat block too. So use Locked On 20% off right now by going to sweatblock.com. That is Locked On at sweatblock.com to get 20% off to stop all the stinking. And the mouth poop from stinking up the joint. Sweat block. All right, y'all. So let's 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 move on from the game within the game stuff. Let's talk about this injury bowl. Okay. Although Gundy has talked about him being fairly confident that Adrian Martinez is gonna play, I don't see why. I don't see where he sees that, because everything I'm finding and everything I'm reading indicates that he's not going to play most likely. Are they gonna do the window dressing thing where he, you know, does some semblance of practice and he warms up on the sidelines uh, before the game starts to give the appearance that he's starting. Of course, of course they're going to do that. It's called gamesmanship, right? It's intelligent, but is he actually going to play? I don't know. Hopefully we are prepared for both. I personally am leaning towards, uh, I'm hoping our preparation is on the passing game. Yes, you got to slow down Deuce Vaughn. Yes, you can't allow them to have 232 yards as they're averaging, right? But if our deficiency at the moment appears to be the fact that we also have a lot of injuries, um, far more injuries than K-State, to be honest with you, well, if a lot of it is in the back end of the defense, and you know we just played six freshmen on the back end of the defense, wouldn't you try to exploit the, the passing game? So wouldn't that mean that it's possible that Adrian Martinez may not be the best in this exact scenario anyways? Now, guys, am I sitting here saying Will Howard is, you know, going to light up the board? No, I'm not. But 
you know, and that may be something that they that they look into. So I, I do hope that we're prepared to handle the passing game because I think they will be prepared to handle the passing game. Let's look at it from face value. If what we're hearing is true and Adrian Martinez is just, you know, field dressing, then we need to pre be prepared for the Will Howard, um, you know, type of system, which is going to be more pass involved. So, yeah. And if K-State's smart, then, yeah, maybe that's what they're preparing for. If we have so much youth on the back of the defense that, that you don't know a lot about, well, let's kind of jump into some of that, right? Because we know how deep our wide receiver core is. We know that the youth on the wide receiver core is going to have us going well, well into the future without a whole lot of concerns. And we think Will Howard's probably going to play most of the game. And we think Will Howard's probably going to try to exploit our weakness in the back end by passing the ball more than they traditionally do. Well, who do we who do we got back there? Okay, because if you don't know, uh, Jason Taylor, who leads the the Big Twelve in picks, looks like he will not be playing this game. Now, there's no structural damage to his knee, meniscus wise or ligament wise, which is obviously a huge blessing. But it was a pretty severe hyperextension. Um, it, to kind of close that, that game out against Texas. If you saw the replay of it, it looked nasty. Luckily, it's not that bad. But it's it's bad enough that he's probably not going to play this weekend. And he's clearly the, you know, the director of, of the defense in the back end. So it's going to be concerning, right? Should we window dress it up a little bit like they do with Adrian Martinez to give the appearance that he's going to play? I don't know. I mean... Yeah, again, that's part of the game within the game, so maybe. But who do we have that can stem the tide? Because we, we know about our issues at center. Uh, you know, Joe Mikulski hurt his other ankle, so we're spending, you know, a quarter million dollars now just taping two ankles. Eli Rush is trying to find a, his rotation in there. Preston Wilson saying that he can come back to play. I don't know if the doctors agree with him there. So we could be okay at center. Uh, Jason Queso Brooks, the, the transfer from uh, Vanderbilt, he's going to slide in at the moment, and he's he's the sixth man that can play almost anywhere. Like, he, he probably should be the starter, right? But he's so prone to you know, jump uh, at that tackle spot that he's caused a lot of false starts. So him sliding into the guard spot is probably not necessarily a bad thing. Hunter Woodard seems a little bit banged up as well. So we're having a lot of issues on the O-line. I don't know exactly how we're going to piece that together. But we, even though we had injuries at wide receiver, we know that it's easy for us to piece that one together. Now, how are we going to piece together the, the back end of this defense? Well, some of the, the likely candidates are going to be uh, Cam Smith. Right, he's one of them. He's a redshirt freshman, six two, almost one ninety. Um, fun fact about Cam Smith is in high school he was known primarily as a wide receiver, and he was the first receiver in their high school's history to ever go over a thousand yards. He had one thousand two hundred fifty nine yards, uh, darn near thirteen hundred yards receiving, and this one's going to be fun for him because he actually picked Oklahoma State over Kansas State, uh, Utah, SMU, a couple other teams. Obviously, were in the mix, but. Um, he was pretty high on K-State, went to Oklahoma State. So that's somebody to look out for that, you know, I don't. the back half of the defense seems very confident in Cam Smith's abilities, right? So we're not, we're not seeing a lot of a drop-off, um, which is, you know, I don't know, maybe genetics. His dad and his grandpa both played for Grambling. 
And I think his dad played a little bit of NFL ball. I mean, I know he did. I think he. I think it was with the Eagles. But anyways, he's got it in bloodline. Uh, and again, at 6'2", darn near 190, playing that safety hybrid corner type of role, like, that's impressive. That's very impressive. Uh, another youngster you got roaming the back end, uh, number 17, Illyric Rawls. Guys, he was the 52nd ranked safety in, in America uh, coming out of, of high school. And he chose us over... Uh, TCU, Houston, Texas Tech, KU, I think K-State was involved as well. Um, he's somebody that it was a multi-sport athlete, which is something that obviously Gundy looks for. Um, and everybody that we talk about is going to be primarily multi-sport athletes. And when I mean multi-sport, I don't mean just two. Like you're talking three, four, five. Some of these people that are in four or five uh, sports in high school, which is very hard to do just from a time standpoint. You know what I mean? But he's somebody that you'll see rocking and rolling in the in the background there. Uh, Kenyon Williams has been here a little a little while. You know what I mean? And he's played going back even to his freshman season. Now, why has he played so much and not got a start over time? I think that's a I think that's a, a testament to the talent that we have. Uh, but it's also a testament to him as a young man and an individual. Um, that just, again, indicates the cowboy way, the way we do things at Oklahoma State University. Could he have transferred at any point in time in the last few years and went somewhere and started? Absolutely, right? Right, six foot, uh, pushing that, that 190, 200 range again. Uh, he was the 35th ranked safety in the 2018 class. And he chose us over places like Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Missouri, Houston. So, yeah, he's going to be somebody that, that is going to be kind of looked at as a leader when we have other leaders out, as is somebody like a, a Trey Rucker, who's the transfer from uh, Wake Forest. Last year, when he was in the game, he was all over the field, like flying over people. He was a human torpedo, and I thought he would probably get a, a start this year. Well, he, he hasn't, which just goes to show how daggone good Kendall Daniels is and how Sean Michael Flanagan has earned his stripes in his time at Oklahoma State, right? But you have somebody like a Trey Rucker that is a senior that has played it at this level a lot, uh, and he even looked really, really good last year when he played. So I'm actually surprised we haven't seen more of him uh, this year. So maybe he, he'll, be, he'll be somebody roaming the back end. Uh, Nick Session, he's a sophomore Six foot, six one, another one in that 180, 190 range. Uh, he's from California. He was a three star. He chose us, chose us over Oregon State and BYU. Um, he's somebody that you see on the field a decent amount. So you think that his time on the field is going to start to help his maturation process um, when we need him most. You talk about somebody like Deshaun Buckner has been around a little while. DeMarco Jones, an in state product from Booker T. Washington. He is really, really good, guys. He's the backup, right, for both, really, Corey Black and Jabbar Muhammad. And, yes, we have Jabbar Muhammad currently rotating over to safety because of the injuries that we have. But, you know, he is a starter, a D1 starter caliber person as we speak at this very moment. He's a little banged up, so hopefully he's cleared for this game because, you know, he's like that number three corner that you can rely on and trust no matter what happens. Uh, Cameron Epps. We haven't seen a lot of them, but guys, this is a six foot three freshman playing safety, corner, nickel, dime. He was a four star uh, by rivals. And at that size, I mean, ah, that's that's a nightmare matchup for a wide receiver. 
Uh, and you know he's going to body by class himself up a little bit more. He's going to put on some more weight, so he could be a mainstay back in that 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 safety area. Uh, to Kelvin Beeman, he was a big time get out of Louisiana, guys. As Gundy's already mentioned before, we don't get an overabundance of players that get like hard uh, commit commit committed offers from Texas. But this kid's one of them. So you'll see a lot of DeKelvin Beeman uh, over the next couple years. So might as well get familiar now because with our injuries, you might might see him now. But, guys, he chose us over Texas, over Penn State, over Mississippi State, uh, over Louisiana. So we've got some dudes back there. We just don't know about them. We don't talk about him, but we didn't know a lot about Stephon Johnson Jr., like outside of just being a, a, a common fan. We didn't know a lot about Shetron other than him and his brother, you know, coming to Oklahoma State instead of OU. And he was the number one ranked wide receiver in the state and one a top 100 in the country. Like, we had a general idea uh, that we had some decent wide receivers, but we didn't know we were this deep and this talented. Well, I think, guys, I think it's the same on the back end. And where this ties into Cruton, if you saw recently, and I know a lot of people have because people act like the sky's falling. The sky, and it's if the sky's falling and you don't have what's in your house squared away, as in, like, you don't have precisely what your identity is um, displayed proudly the minute you, you open the door, then. Maybe it's not a safe pick, anyways. Like maybe it's not a, a, the right call to bring in a player that clearly can be swayed by bags of cash. Am I saying this this particular recruit that was a four star? Uh, he might be a five star, honestly. Now that that it looks like Texas is throwing him the bag of cash, he's reopened his commitment. He was our biggest commit yet, and some people think that the sky's falling because our numbers are in the 50s, 60s range, but. It's not. We've only got now 10 commits, right? Most schools have 20, 21, 26, 25, 22. Most everybody in the top 25 of the recruiting rankings all have 18 to 26 uh, committed players already. We only have 10. So the sky's not falling. Don't stress. But make sure that you're getting the people in that matter or that, that care the most, right? Because that matters the most. And, you know... In the meantime, get your people built up to be more successful, to be more capable of handling this type of adversity. Why do we have players that are seamlessly transitioning, whether they're freshmen, sophomores, juniors, been on the bench for three years, two years, no years, it doesn't matter. We can rinse, wash, and repeat because of the, the culture, because of the system, because we're built right. And we're built right because we probably got some players rocking on that built bar. If you don't know what Built Bar is, guys, it's a protein bar that legitimately tastes like a candy bar. I covered a little bit of it yesterday. This is my favorite sponsor because I can't wait to get my hands on these boxes of Built Bars. Um, my my oldest son, he's super into like the, the lifting and, and stuff. He's got some uh, baseball recruiting trips uh, coming up soon. So he does care about buying protein bars and this and that and the other. So I'm extremely excited for when I get my, my, my sponsor boxes of Built Bar in that I won't have to buy protein bars anymore. And he even does complain that, yeah, they don't taste great, but, you know, he thinks it's part of the, the lifting weights routine. And 
what he doesn't realize is, even though they, the ones he's eating do taste like crud, the ones that we got coming, because I know Bill Bar's about to hook it up, tastes like a legit candy bar. And you can use our promo code, LOCKEDON15, to get 15% off right now. So if you want a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar so you can get big and swole like my, my 15-year-old thinks he's doing, then, uh, yeah, use the, the promo code, LOCKEDON15, to get 15% off of your built bar, the best protein bars that actually taste like a candy bar. Um, okay, guys, so a few things before we skedaddle on out of here. If you uh, have heard Brett Yormark speak, uh, and in a recent, I don't know if he was doing like an, a, a seminar or assembly, I don't know exactly what it was, but he was basically giving a speech, and he was talking about how when he took this job, he didn't want to receive the same amount of vitriol and hate that some of the other commissioners got by essentially stealing teams from other conferences, you know, like a thief in the night. And, you know, and so to avoid that, avoid that, he wanted to be a little bit more open, honest, and transparent. Well, so he does that, and then, he, you know, you, you remember uh, George Klyovkov, which is the Pac-12 commissioner, made a comment about how um, we're not ready to shop in the Big 12 yet, or well, we don't know if we're ready to go shopping in the Big 12 yet, something to, to that effect. Right, it may may not be verbatim, but that is what he said. Was basically it was cute of your mark to say that you know we're open for business and we're open to going out west um, when the teams out west haven't vetted us properly enough. This and that and the other. And the, here, here's the deal, guys. The Pac-12 actually a few years ago had an opportunity to potentially steal a few Big Twelve schools. Uh, but rumor has it we were one of those, Oklahoma State University being one of those. And, uh, you know, they were just, they were better than the Big 12. They were bigger than the Big 12. They, you know, shunned us uh, from a multitude of angles and kind of, you know, the stuffy nose-in-the-air type of, of treatment. And it here we are now with your conference falling by the wayside. Ladies and gentlemen, the Pac-12 is... A dead conference walking. Whenever Brett Yormark decides the time is right, we are going to take some teams from the Pac-12. And there's nothing they can do about it. They can hoot and holler and grandstand all they want to, but the numbers are coming back for their TV deals, and it ain't so hot. And then you have Fox PR reps and ESPN PR reps pumping out the Big 12 numbers. And they're not talking about Pac-12 at all. So why would they be shunning the Pac-12 and promoting the Big 12? Well, it's because the writing's on the wall. Brett Yormark is a certified G. And he's going to do a tremendous amount for this conference. And that does nothing but help us as O-State fans. Because, again, if we're, we're going to be the crown bearer and we're the focal point of the Big 12 now because Texas and OU are irrelevant – and will be the crown bear of the Big 12 moving forward. What Brett Yormark says and what Brett Yormark does means a crap ton to us. So I love the fact that he's stepping on the throat of the Pac-12 right now and being unapologetic about it and just letting them know that we're coming. When we decide to come, that's on Brett Yormark. 
but yeah, we've got the backing of Fox. We've got the backing of ESPN. Those numbers in and of themselves are already, already going to be a lot better than the Pac-12s. And that's not taken in consideration your streaming because you got to remember, guys, Amazon did, I guess, make a major push to be part of the, the Big Ten buyout stuff. And they kind of got squeezed out because of Fox and ESPN. Brett Yormark's going to play his cards right, and he's going to get every dollar he can out of them, right? And it's going to be just football. Look at you, just football. That alone is going to put us ahead of the Pac-12 from a financial perspective. Then you factor in basketball. We're the top basketball conference, which we'll get into our video tomorrow. I have a lot of pretty interesting basketball news coming out of Stillwater and the Big 12 in general. Yeah, they just... This, this whole thing is amazing to me, how Pac-12 can continue to act this way when, you know, their time their time's done. And our time is now. And it's, it's flipping awesome. You can't say it isn't. So follow up on some of what Brett Yormark's saying because it is important. Uh, check back in tomorrow as we give, uh, you know, a little bit of more insider information. Uh, and we're jumping to some of the basketball stuff as well as some of the recruiting news. We have a big-time basketball recruit dropping some news today, so hopefully that goes well. And it'll tie into the show tomorrow. But until then, God bless. Go Pokes. I'll catch you on the next one.